Welcome, my name is Kareem Kanji, and this is episode 36. Today, I speak with the smartest man in the world, Saul Colt. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Live from Pacific Junction Hotel, Girth Radio in session. coming in oh we started already we're st- <laughs> okay yes cool. we, we started already it's my pleasure to be here kareem you know this is like the third time you've invited me here and the last two times you canceled because i think you got more interesting people did so. i cancel yes and, and i think i canceled because i was going out of town well the the tears on my pillow would say differently yeah i was quite um heartbroken but it's okay i've rebounded well, I appreciate you mm-hmm. being here, you know, especially someone who has uh, has secured a TV deal. Yes, and we'll t- we'll talk about that mm. uh, as well. Uh, but right off the bat, yes, because you are a smart guy. Thank you. Uh, according to your bio, yes. Well, it's not just my bio. And some people Google says it. Too. Google says it as well. Uh, Pokemon Go. Yes. Your your thoughts on why why. Why is it so popular with my 10-year-old son and 40-year-old dads? Um, so, you know, one of the brilliant things about Pokemon Go is the fact that they tapped into, um, like, a really interesting fan base and people who are super passionate. When you think of, you know, subcultures like comic books and animation and things, um, and I consider myself part of that group. I'm not into the Pokemon stuff, but, you know, I love comic books and, and fantasy and things like that. These are real passionate people that, for the most part, have been ignored by a lot of, you know, other you know, apps and social media and things like that. No one's actually delivered something uniquely just for them. So um, the nostalgia piece of it is really, you know, the thing that I think is taken off. Because if you know the, the history of the game, it's been around for a few years. and it, A long time. Yeah, nobody really cared about it until they, they skinned it with Pokemon. That sort of gave people the incentive to, to sort of, like, go crazy with it. But the game's been around, so. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, yeah, Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, they tapped into a community, and that's, like, one of the best things you can do, especially underappreciated communities that people aren't falling all over themselves to deliver something cool to, and they delivered something cool to these people. Yeah. So do you think it's cool? Um, I haven't played with it. It's yeah. not, like, my thing. I think that, you know, I, I was on another podcast last night, and uh, one of the other panelists— You can't uh, do another podcast. I know. Well, what is this? I know, but, you know, no one will hear either one of them. <laughs> um, but uh, You might be right. Th- they were talking about, is this, you know, uh, a real thing, or is it draw something? And I hadn't made that connection. Ah. But draw something was the hottest thing in the world for, 
I don't know, three months, four months. Mm -hmm. um, I personally don't think this has legs, but, you know, I'd love to be proven wrong. Um, you know, it's a outdoor-based geolocating thing where people have to run around the city. You know, three-quarters of the, the country is going to be pretty cold in a couple months. So what, what actually happens to the game then? And, you know, for all we know, by that time, there's going to be a copycat or a different brand or a different activation, or maybe they figure out something to do indoors. Um, you know, people's appetite for attention has, has shrunk so much that, you know, you have to, you have to like, just capitalize it as, as quickly as you can and figure out what your next idea is. And, and from what I've heard anecdotally, they're making about $2 million a day, so they're capitalizing on this pretty good right now. But, again, who knows what the license to use uh, uh, Pokemon cost? Who knows, like, yeah. all these variables and stuff. But, yeah, good for them. Is it – so you, you mentioned about the, the – the cold weather mm -hmm. factor. Um, I'm just wondering if the t the day of the the hot app, especially around a game mm -hmm. that continues for years, I'm wondering if that's gone only because Angry Birds mm -hmm. seemed to be the the model, right? It seemed to be that was the game mm -hmm. everyone could play it. Mm -hmm. uh, if you were young, you played. If you're old, you played. If you were a geek, you played. You loved the Star Wars one, where they had gravity involved and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, and then I think about it today, and I, the, the same people that used to play Angry Birds aren't playing Angry Birds anymore. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm well, just curious if, if if that's what I mean. People's attention spans yeah. have, have shrunk so much. I'm not sure anything can have like a really long life like lifespan. When I was a kid, like we played Trivial Pursuit for years and years and years. Yeah. Um, I don't think anything can capture people's imagination that way anymore because, um, you know, it's all about what's next, what's bigger, what's better, what's sexier, what's shinier. So, like, you know, I, you know, like people are talking about, you know, Facebook isn't what it used to be, Twitter isn't what it used to be, all these things. I still use them because I'm not the guy who's going to go try every new thing i'll go look at it and form an opinion and know it so i, I understand it professionally but personally like I'm, I'm already invested in a couple of things i don't i'm not that person that chases uh, sort of the shiny thing but i really think i'm the minority in that case because everybody mm. like everybody wanted to to be all over you know whatever that thing is and for the most part my i've been burned by chasing the new shiny thing because you know like um what you call it um you know, one of my favorite apps out there is Sunrise. It's a calendar app. Yes. Know? I'm like a busy guy. I need help rem reminding me where to be and stuff like that. If I my phone didn't tell me two hours ago I had to be here, I wouldn't have gotten here in yeah, time. Um, Sunrise, I got an email like a month or two ago saying like, hey, we were bought and we're shutting it down. So, yeah. you know, you can still use it for a little while, but one day it's not going to be here. Um and ironically, when companies shut down products, it's called sunsetting them, and they're sunrise, sunrise, sunset. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, like you know, if you got something that works, it, you know, why jump and like things? But people still jump constantly to that new next thing and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't think a game can last forever. You used to work uh, when you were with Connecticut Cafe mm -hmm. uh, with startups. Mm -hmm. If you were still there, or if you were in that role advising startups and some person came to you and says i got an idea for an app mm -hmm. or i got an idea for a mobile game mm -hmm. um would you advise them to hey 
Stop drinking the Kool-Aid. Let's figure something else out. Like, what would you tell them? Um, if the idea was good, I'd tell them to chase it down. Good yeah. ideas always win. Fair enough. Um, they may not win forever, but they always win, and it all depends on what your goal is. I, I think most people, like, all these things have become transactional. So you, you know, it's become a badge of honor to, to burn a company to the ground and, and kill a bunch of funding. It's also become a badge of honor to, like, be really successful and go on to your next thing. And it's almost like... You're not considered legitimate if you're not a three, four, or five-time, you know, entrepreneur or something like that. So it's just like it's one of those weird things. Tech, tech is is a completely weird and different thing from the real world. So like you know, they they value different things. So if someone had a great idea, I would say chase it down. Know that this thing may only last 18 months. Try to get as much money out of it as you can early, uh, you know. But don't think of this as a 10-year play and stuff like that nobody's building linkedin anymore nobody's building facebook they're building like quick hits and shiny objects and stuff like that yeah um and yeah i'm wondering if if the whole health aspect <laughs> is um is going to allow an app like this to continue longer than you know just it being a game um, I don't think people think of it as, as a health thing. They're, they're chasing Pokemon. You know, they're trying to catch it all or catch them all, whatever the, the saying is. Because <laughs> um, realistically, if any of these people wanted to go for a four-kilometer walk, there is nothing stopping them from going for a four-kilometer walk. That's true. The fact that they're staring at their phone and they don't maybe don't realize it's four kilometers, just put on some headphones, listen to music, and the, you, know, you won't realize how long you walk for. I actually think the... The health aspect of it is maybe a happy accident. Like mm. the the real draw is to like collect. It's to you know compete. It's to show your friends that you did better than they did. You you know you grabbed this character or that character and stuff like that. It's it's still about validation. It's still about acceptance. It's not about health because they could go buy a Fitbit if they want health. Yeah, talking about health. Yes, I get notification every day that you biked. 25 kilometers? No, you, you... 25 miles. 25 cool. miles. Yeah, it's not every day, but try to do four or five days a week. How do you do that? You're a busy guy. I, I do it at 11 o'clock at night. Do you so at home from, on a... Treadmill? At home on a exercise bike, but from like 11 till 1 in the morning, I'll just put on a movie, and like it's really the only time I have to, to watch TV, so I do all of my... TV watching, like I might watch maybe an hour of TV before yeah. that, um, but I'll like I I ride a bike for two hours every night or most nights, um, and like it's the only time I, I watch TV because uh, I've got like work to do or crap to do and stuff like that. So, um, but TV is super important to me, and I can't justify like just losing a night watching TV. So I just like record a bunch of stuff and. I give myself two hours a day. And, what are you, and what so, are you watching? Uh, watching tons of stuff. Um, let's see. What am I watching? I got into the show Unreal, which is uh, it's uh, it's on the Lifetime Network, which makes no sense to me because it's a super edgy show. Okay. But it's a it's a it's a backstage look at a fictional version of the, the like The Bachelor. So instead of the the Bachelor show. Like, The Bachelor is all about the characters. This is about all the people that put the show together ah. and how they manipulate the, the people. And it's fictional, but it's fascinating. Unreal, okay. Yeah, Unreal is really great. Um, what, am, what am I watching? The Girlfriend Experience, uh, which is... Uh, I watch, like, a lot of bad U.S. basic cable shows. <laughs> um, 
and uh, and probably my guilty pleasure right now to give a shout out to this great city we live in Toronto. There's this Jason Priestley show called Private Eyes that's filmed in Toronto, and it, they 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 say it's Toronto and it's awful, but it's deliciously awful. I've never heard of this. So uh, so I watch it because is that uh, a current TV? Yeah, yeah, current show. So that but uh, I watch so much stuff. Like I'm I'm watching two hours a day. So I watch like just. So you're not watching like Game of Thrones and what everyone else is watching. Um, I watch some stuff that everyone else is watching. I've never gone into Game of Thrones. I, I should probably, but I haven't gone into it. Um, but I watch Silicon Valley. I watch Ray Donovan. I watch uh, Scandal and like bad TV and <laughs> stuff like that. But like, I just like you know, I watch kind of whatever sort of like gets me excited. And I, I usually just binge stuff. So I'll watch like three episodes in a row and stuff like that and stuff like that. Nice, nice. Yes. What are you watching? Uh, I feel like this is all about me and nobody it, knows anything about you. you. I hmm. just started watching the latest uh, season on Netflix of Archer. Okay. I love that show. Yeah, Archer's great. Love Archer. I finished mm-hmm. watching the season three of Marin. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I watch. Marin got canceled. Or I think Did he? It's either... Either, yeah, I don't know. It's season four is the last season. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, I, it's it's a it's an interesting show. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting to see the show, and then you know, obviously, we're watching it like a year or two after. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to watch the show and see that's what he's talking about, like in his real life, so it's literally yeah. his real life mm-hmm. in a TV show. Mm-hmm. But um, we talked. I, I mentioned you had a TV deal. Yes. Um, and when that happened, I go. That's why he joined. Um, Hubble.com, but apparently this was your own thing. Yeah, it was my own thing. Yeah. So, uh, so I, yeah, how tell tell the story? How did this start? Where did the idea come from? Uh, so, a, a, a TV producer um, reached out to me and sort of knew a little bit about me. Okay. Knew about my online persona. Knew about like my propensity for marketing stunts and things like that. And and uh, they had a show that they'd already sort of conceived the idea for called um, Big Ass Advertising Stunts or Big Advertising Stunts. I don't remember. Um, but the, the, the idea of the show was they were looking for a host to just sort of introduce these great stunts, sort of pull off a stunt for like a giant company every day. So the idea was, you know, every episode... Like, you know, you do something for Coca-Cola, like maybe Coca-Cola shuts down Times Square. And um, they pitched me on the idea. And, you know, like, I, I, I want to be on TV. So I said, sure, I'd love to do it because, you know, it just seemed like the right thing to do. Um, but the idea never really, like, stuck with me because, like, well, Coca-Cola shuts down Times Square. Well, you'd expect Coca-Cola to shut down Times Square. So um, we had, you know, lots of meetings over the course of many months, and I went back to them, and I, I told them it didn't feel right, um, and I, I pitched them on a different idea. The different idea was we pick, um, like, small companies, brands that would never have an opportunity to do something on a major scale like this, and, like, you know, the idea of, like, sure, we can still shut down Times Square and do something crazy, but let's do it for, like, this small little food company that no one's ever heard of, that people are, like... Coca-Cola shuts down Times Square. People are going to take pictures, and they're going to be like, oh, of course. you got a belt company, you know, mm-hmm. out of Washington, D.C. There's one of my favorite brands in the world, JohnY.com. Um, you know, they shut down Times Square. People are going to, like, really ask questions, wonder what's going on. And the, 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 the conversations and the word of mouth of the whole idea are just going to grow exponentially because – like, you expect, you know, a big major movie sure. release and stuff. You don't expect a, a small brand with, you know, very little following. 
Um, so it took a little while to sort of get them to change their mind on the idea, um, but I, I sort of talked them into it, and, and so it, it went from their idea to sort of a, a, a compromise of the two ideas. We sort of budged both ways and came on as a producer because it was partially my idea, and uh, we built something out that was, you know, it was really cool. We shot an episode. Um, the episode exists. It just hasn't gone anywhere because, um, you know, I'm I'm new to the TV world, perhaps a little little too naive. Brought in uh, brought in some some partners, brought in some people who I thought could add value to the show, and then it just became more people that have opinions, more people to uh, that sort of need to to be happy about everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so where it stands now, we have a finished episode, um, but you know because of things beyond my control and it's a good episode i can't show it to anyone until everybody sort of agrees that uh you know it's it's, everyone's happy so uh i can't tell you what's going to happen with it but um i just want people to see it because i think it's pretty cool so is there still an opportunity to like have a season of this you think or Uh, well we were always just contracted to do a pilot episode and if people like showed any interest if uh people like liked it then we would like roll out and do you know eight or ten episodes but you know like the commitment was always create one you know great episode and i think that's what we did it's just nobody has seen it so we can't actually get that feedback whether they like it or not to move forward so do, do people are there a bunch of people that need to say like sign off on it saying okay i agree you can release this now or um, just, what does that look like i, I don't even know what i can talk about it's just like <laughs> a couple people need to sort of come to Come to my way of thinking, so but uh, hopefully that'll happen. Very nice. And this is a hall. This was like a uh, a U.S. like a Hollywood thing. That was a Toronto thing. Oh, okay. Like it was a Canadian production company, but oh, okay. the goal was to always do a show for the U.S. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. What did you do? You have now that drive to want to go back into that that sort of thing, like to to produce a TV show. Yeah, I'd love to do it. I'd like, you know, I, I was super green. I didn't know how to do this. I was yeah. relying a lot on other people to sort of like show me how to do it. Now I, I'm confident that I could do it with the right, you know, people in in place. So I'd love to do something again. So if you guys have, you know, listeners, well, you, you got to have like a hundred, two hundred, three hundred listeners to the show, or half of that. Sure. Okay. Well, <laughs> you know, hopefully there's someone out there in the production world. Um, I'm devilishly handsome. I, I speak remotely um, well, so like I should have my own show. I have a hundred ideas. You want to know what the show is? We're actually doing one of my ideas for a show right now. I want a late night talk show where A list people like George Clooney come in as a guest, yeah. but they interview me instead of interview me interviewing them. They talk about you. They talk about me because that's <laughs> how way many episodes is that? So oh, it's unlimited. <laughs> I've got hundreds of stories. How long is how long is an episode? Um, well, at least an hour each, like, guest. But we can have, like, revolving guests and some of that. But, like, really, do we? does anyone really need to hear another story about George Clooney in Italy? Like, we should hear stories about my bar mitzvah through the filter of George Clooney. Through the filter of George Clooney. Yeah. Well, tell me about your bar mitzvah, Saul. Oh, I can't get into it. Well, actually, I can. You want to know an interesting story about my bar mitzvah? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so um, this is true. I'm not making this up. People can fact check this. Uh, September 15th, 1985, I'm giving away my age. Um, I had to change the date of my bar mitzvah because Pope John Paul II was coming to Toronto and um, the the synagogue where my bar mitzvah was going to be was on his route and none of our guests would be able to get there. And because of it, I was in the newspaper. They, they really wanted my parents 
to like be like anti-pope and like start this whole thing but i was like, gonna say because you're jewish the pope is the pope the pope is the pope <laughs> but we didn't fall for their trap i was media trained very early so we, <laughs> we we politely moved it made it into the newspaper a couple times but we didn't say anything anti-pope because somehow i think if 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 anyone is going to hate you it shouldn't be mother Teresa. no it shouldn't be yeah <laughs> mm. And, and so you've carried that with you. So do you feel, how do you feel about the Catholic Church as a result of this? I, I have no opinion whatsoever. <laughs> I actually have almost no opinion on organized religion. Um, I think everyone should just live and let live. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Well, well let, let, me, mm. let, me, let me ask you this about. Do you know, that's the first time I've talked about uh, my bar mitzvah, and it's just bringing all this wave of emotions back to me. I, was, I became a man that day. I, I think I kissed a cousin. I can't, you know, confirm or deny. It's just a whole thing. Like this, we may need. Uh, how long is this thing usually? As long as you want. Okay, this might be a four hour episode. <laughs> this, this is going to turn into like, um, like group therapy. Episodes. Yeah, no, we'll bring a couple people from the bar. And we'll we'll make this a, a circle, a so circle of trust. Have you been able to attend a bar mitzvah since? Oh, of Not course, sure. been a been a lots of bar mitzvahs. Okay, so they're wonderful mean, events, Kareem. You should go to one. I sh- no one's invited me. Really? I, but you have to you have you have to put it out in the universe. People don't know you want to go. Yeah, I want to go to a bar mitzvah. Mm-hmm. So how old are you when you like? Wh- what is a bar mitzvah? I don't even know. So it's a ceremony when you're 13 years old. You okay. read from the Torah, and according to like Jewish religion, that's like your the the day you become a man. You read from the Torah. They say some blessings over you, and you move on into manhood yeah. um, from from uh, childhood. And you get to start kissing cousins. Yes. Yeah. When do you graduate to kissing non-family members? I think that really depends on you know your your own social awkwardness. <laughs> I, you know, I, I think it's different for everybody. How quick was it for you? Oh, you know, I was I was an early bloomer. <laughs> Look at me, I'm adorable. <laughs> Who doesn't want to kiss me? <laughs> nice, nice. I noticed you locked the door to the studio we walked in. It made me a little uncomfortable. And the lights are dim. <laughs> the lights are very dim. But the curtains are open, <laughs> so you can say that I'm a. Uh, that, that I like to, to showcase or whatever. How am I doing so far? You're doing fine. I, I like to do regular check-ins. We're doing good. I just checked to make sure that we're recording. Oh, hopefully. <laughs> we're I doing, can't, we're doing I can't well. retell these stories. This is um, spontaneous. You have <laughs> a past life in comics. Yes. Tell me about that. Like, were, were you, did you create comics? Like, what was your, did you sell comics? Uh, so I, I, I have was, a theory that you created comics. Yeah, so I, I had a comic book publishing company for many years. Okay, your own? Um, my own comic book publishing company. Okay. Uh, we released books. Um, you know, I, so we we did everything. I I wrote books. I had other people write books. I, I did all the business side of it, all the marketing. Most of the things I'm known for now, my style of marketing and the things that I have sort of developed as sort of my formulas for getting attention and things were really developed in my days as a comic book publisher because – you know, I, I was selling a, a superhero satire book for a dollar more than you could buy Spider-Man books that, you know, and arguably they weren't as good. They weren't drawn as pretty and, and half of them weren't even in color. Um, but I still sold a decent number of books. I supported myself for, you know, five, six, seven years doing comic books and stuff like that. Um, 
you know, if I could, if I, if I could draw, I would still be doing it because I could probably have made some real money mm. um, if I wasn't, you know, paying for artists and stuff. But, um, you know, I. I I loved my time doing comic books. I, you know, made friends like most of my really close friends. People say you make your friends at like summer camp and and school and stuff. The people I'm closest to now are still slugging it out in the comic book world or writing for TV shows and movies, and they just sort of stuck with it. Um, It was, you know, probably the most fun. It was the first time I would really, like, you know, ventured into entrepreneurship. It was the first time I had, you know, ventured into a real creative, um, you know, opportunity. And, uh, you know, I I grew up in a family business. I wouldn't have been able to run this company without sort of the lessons my dad taught me in a family business. But, you know, this was the first time I was doing it on my own and, you know, did it for a long time. And, you know, it it was like the most fun lifestyle. You're creating things. You're creating new worlds, you're writing, you're drawing, you're doing all these things. And, you know, and then, you know, every Thursday you got on an airplane or got in your car and drove somewhere and you worked a combo convention and sold your books from Thursday to Sunday and hmm. created from Monday to Wednesday, sold your books from Thursday to Sunday. And, you know, like this was a real business. Books were available. We sold books in five countries. Um, I had two stories optioned for, for movies uh, nice. in those days. It's not as sexy as it sounds, <laughs> um, but, you know, like, you know, they never went anywhere, but it was fun and exciting. Um, got to work with amazing people, you know, met everybody. So um, I love, I'm very proud of, like, my comic book days. I'm, I'm only proud of half of the books we put out because it took a little bit of a learning curve sure. to figure it out. But, um, but I, I, it's, like, it's probably, you know, my, my favorite you know, work experience and stuff. Why, why haven't you gone back to it? Um, I think about it all the time. Yeah. You know, like the, the reason I left is I just burnt out. It okay. was like, it was, you know, it was a lot of work and a lot of struggle and there were enormous highs, enormous lows, like with any, like, you know, bout of entrepreneurship or uh, running your own business. Um, but like, I, I love it. I, you know, but the thing that stops me from, going back to it you can't do it as a hobby it's something you have to be either Mm -hmm. all in or or not in at all um i'm fortunate i have a couple opportunities that keep me away from it um but um yeah i I think about it all the time like i um sort of this tv stuff and the the whole reason i got into comics in the first place was that um i wanted to make movies or make tv shows and you know like you you didn't have an iphone in those days you couldn't make a a movie on the cheap you you know the minimum a movie would cost you know 100 grand or something so um my way of making comic books was my way of making movies or telling stories or you know using my imagination and stuff like that so um yeah i'd go back to something creative in a heartbeat yeah but you know maybe now i'd like to do something more visual and something i can control because uh you know where i'm not relying on artists and i I was very fortunate i got to work with some of the best artists in the world Mm -hmm. and some people who like really got what we were trying to do but you know it's still a crapshoot when you're you know you're not doing it yourself uh you, you said movies influenced you Mm-hmm. Um, what, what was your favorite movie growing up or your favorite movie of all time? Um, oh, I love so many movies. Like, I, I literally watch a movie a day or a bunch of TV a day. So, like, every everything that inspires me is, like, a movie or a TV show or a book. But I um, love the movie Fletch. Love the mer- movie Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Love the movie um, Blazing Saddles. Love anything Mel Brooks touches. Love, huh. you know, almost anything Steve Martin does. Love, like, I, I love the original Ghostbusters movie. I love lots of new stuff. I love all this stuff. But, 
you know, it's like, you know, I don't know, when you're just looking for something to do and you don't want to think about it, there's so many great, like, movies from the 80s, Caddyshack, things like that, that hmm. I'll just go to over and over and over and over and over. Interesting. Mm -hmm. What's your favorite movie? Jeez, I, I really like the Matrix trilogy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Did you ever have, like, a black trench coat and try to bend, like, backwards and stuff no, like that? No, but I wanted to have the black trench coat, and I used to have mm -hmm. long hair, so I, I, I always mm -hmm. wanted to be The Undertaker ah. from WWF. Mm -hmm. So WWE, you're showing your age. Yeah, I am. Yeah. <laughs> I can never call mm -hmm. it WWE. It just what, sounds, you, what are you, like, 50? Sounds too corny. I'm younger than you, I think. Okay, no, probably. <laughs> I hope. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, mm. But um, I wanted to... Uh, ask you about some of these um some of the stunts that you talk about mm -hmm. um and you, you seem to have done one per gig mm -hmm. like everywhere you've gone you've done that and it's mm -hmm. sort of your um your mm -hmm. thing that you do um, i've done more than one per gig but at yeah, least the, one yeah but the nature of stunts is like you know they get they can get very tiring very quickly for the customer so, like, you know, stunts are, I, I love stunts. Stunts are the greatest thing yeah. in the world. And for those listening who are having a hard time understanding what a stunt is, it's like a, a spectacle. You know, I've done sky riding and I've done, like, all sorts of crazy things. It's like something, you know, a stunt is really anything that's going to start an enormous conversation amongst a targeted market. People are going to share it, spread it. Um, but something on a big scale, um, you know, Stunts are the best, but, like, you can't do a stunt every month. Sure. You can't do a stunt. You know, you could probably get away with doing it every quarter or every, like, half a year or something. But, you know, they're expensive sometimes. They take a lot of planning. And, um, you know, like, you have to do a lot of the foundational work for the stunt to work, like the foundational marketing stuff, build an audience and all those things. So, like, you know, you sort of, like, the stunt is the the fun thing you do once or twice a year. Um to break up the monotony of doing all the everyday stuff but like I, I i think every company should be doing a stunt you just you know you got to pick and choose the right moment and and make sure you can get away with it nice i'm gonna take a horrible segue here okay but you talked about ghostbusters mm -hmm. and i wanted to get your opinion <laughs> okay you know on. where i'm going no no the, new, the new ghostbusters yes right um and the people who like it like it the people who hate it seem to me to hate it for a few reasons. Okay, what they, are those reasons? They don't hate it because it's a bad movie. Mm -hmm. They hate it because there's women mm -hmm. or, or they hate it because there's a black woman in it. Mm -hmm. um, or, that seems to be part of the reasoning. Mm -hmm. No one has ever said or that I've read that they didn't like it because it wasn't a good movie. Mm -hmm. They might say it wasn't a good movie and there was four women in it. Mm -hmm. Right? Your thoughts on, on the new so first, Ghostbusters. I, I would like to make it abundantly clear yes. that not only do I love women, I also uh, we love, know you love women. I also love black women. So, um, so neither of those excuses matter. Um, so I haven't seen the movie yet. I'm planning on seeing it this weekend. I'm actually looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, I love the original Ghostbusters. Sure. People talk about they're ruining something. Well, they already ruined it with Ghostbusters 2, which was not as good as the original. And it was a pale, uh, inferior uh, thing. If I had, like, any comment, um, so I, I will clearly say I'm looking forward to this. I couldn't care less what they're doing with women on a bigger topic 
I'm kind of like upset that they keep remaking amazing films with anybody, men or women, um, because there's so many original ideas out there. There's so many people that have great stories to tell, and those movies aren't being made because it's easier to make, uh, you know, they're, they're remaking Chips, the, the hmm. Eric Estrada into a movie. There, there's like a, an Angry Birds movie kind of came out already, yeah. like... Like it just it's you know if if something doesn't have a franchise attached to it or or a recognizable brand these movies aren't getting made when there's like there's such great stories that are sitting in drawers that that people won't take a chance on those movies so instead of making you know rehashing like a new Ghostbusters I'd rather they made something that no one's ever seen before mm-hmm. that being said like I'll go see it and I want to see it because I'm a fan of Ghostbusters but I also love to see you know. For the cost that Ghostbusters would, was made with women or not women, they could make 25 original films on like a smaller scale and tell some original stories and yeah. and, and things like that. But, you know, at the same time, I'd like... It's the know, business world, right? Studios. Yeah, yeah got to make money. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Let's but, get, let's but the fact that people are upset about it, their women is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, because like either the movie's funny or not funny. Yeah. That's the only thing it should be judged on. Yeah. Either it's good or not good. The special effects are good or not good. Um, who is in it is almost immaterial because well, first of all, Harold Ramis passed away, so they can't have the original cast. Bill yeah. Murray didn't want to do it, so like you know they're they're making the best of the situation not a good or a bad situation i think though that there is one movie or one franchise that they need to continue making until they get it right mm-hmm. what's that and that's spider-man yeah well you know what did you see the avengers civil war i did so that version of spider-man seems to be the most interesting spider-man that's ever been on the screen and i'm wondering if that's the way spider-man needs to be approached Mm-hmm. That he just makes these cameo appearances. Oh no, I think you can do a great Spider-Man movie. You know what drives me yeah, but... crazy about all superhero movies? Okay, I love superhero movies. Yeah, yeah. But stop making origin films. Like, ah. like. So there's been two. Uh, we're going to our third reboot of Spider-Man. Yes. So the first two reboots both did origin movies. That's right. Okay, stop that. Yeah. If you don't know who Spider-Man is. Like, you shouldn't go see the movie, so don't show me the spider biting him. Yeah. Go, like, I want to see Spider-Man in costume, swinging around in the first two minutes of the film, and don't do a flashback of how he got there. I don't need to see the wrestling. I don't need to see Uncle Ben. I don't need to see any of that. (laughs) Show me a Spider-Man story that's really interesting, and don't burn the first, like, two quarters of the film, or the first, uh, you know, one-third of the film, Retelling me a story that's already been done twice before on film. And I think they did a good job with that in the Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. With telling, almost telling that origin story for Spider-Man. But they told him four minutes. Yeah. Which is all you need to do. Which is fine. Yeah. Which is fine. But mm-hmm. I just hope they do it right. Because mm-hmm. I've, I've always been a, a Spider-Man fan since I was a kid. Uh, I remember when my brother... You have a Spider-Man tattoo, don't you? I got a Spider-Man tattoo on yeah. his arm. There you go. Um, I had Spider-Man socks. I... I uh, uh, I remember my brother and I sharing a room and pretending I was spelling like, you know, jumping on the beds and, and mm-hmm. uh, just jumping around. It was it w- I could relate mm-hmm. to an awkward kid that gets superpowers because mm-hmm. I had oh, one. Come on, ha- one you were never awkward. And <laughs> you never had superpowers. <laughs> I had the superpowers though. Yeah. Um, so let's get back to. to well, what's your to opinion your on this Ghostbuster stuff? 
Um, I want to see it. You, you hate women, so this must be. I do you. not. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see it. What was for the no wink other reason for? to support? What was that? What was the wink for? What? There was no. After wink. you said I do not, there was no. A, okay. You can go online and watch the feed of this. There is no wink. <laughs> but I, I want. I, I am not interested in it. I thought the original one was fine. I'm, I'm not a huge fan. Mm-hmm. Um, although I think we have it at home. But um, mm. now I want to see it just to support the movie, mm-hmm. just to support the people that were in it. Mm-hmm. Um, just to give the middle finger to everyone who, who, who are the the nerds that will not accept a reboot mm-hmm. without the original cast members. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's if if we go see it, that'll be the reason. And the fact that people didn't like the fact there was a black woman in it makes no sense because Ernie Hudson was in the original. It's not like yeah. like they're they're trying to you know become racially diverse for the first time. The no. movie the team always had. You know, uh, people of all walks of life. Yeah. Your favorite stunt that you've done? Favorite stunt? And, and maybe the word stunt is not the right word. Your The favorite project that you've worked on or the favorite activation that you've done? I've done so many. Like, it, it's hard to say favorite. Um, you know, like They're the, all like your little children. No, not like children. <laughs> but, you know, like, I, I kind of like everything for different reasons. Like... Probably my favorite is, um, you know, several years ago we did this, like, um, fake PETA protest and we picketed the launch <laughs> of our own company. I fell for that one. Yeah, because um, yeah, I, I actually talk about it in a deck and you're in my deck because we had a conversation over Twitter um, and stuff like that. <laughs> but um, but uh, that was probably my favorite just because, you know, like, it was it, – it, it was just fun. It was different. It was unusual. We pushed some some boundaries. I didn't have handcuffs, uh, you know, restricting me from really getting edgy. And uh, like in, in a nutshell, I'll tell you the stunt. You know it, but for yeah. for the millions of people out there in, in Girth Radio Land, um, you know, it's uh, so. Um, I, I was asked to to help launch a startup, and the startup was launching in a. Uh, uh, in Vancouver at a, a like a launch event where there's about 25 startups all launching on the same day in like a community center everyone got a bridge table and a in a in a uh, you know whatever <laughs> tablecloth and uh, you just had to fend for yourself so um, about a month before um, we were launching at this event I set up a uh, uh, a Twitter account that was uh, PETA for rabbits the logo of this uh, startup that we were working with was a rabbit. So we started this fake war um, where PETA was trying to block our launch because they didn't like the fact that we had a rabbit. And, you know, there was all sorts of amazing tweets like, you know, um, friends not food. The next time <laughs> your grandfather, uh, you know, dies, why don't you cut off their leg and make a keychain out of it? And leave the rabbits alone like we, we did some you know pretty funny edgy stuff and it sort of like culminated at this event we were we were tweeting every person that used the hashtag for the event that said they were going to be there we were asking them to stand with PETA against this company and uh, hired a bunch of people off Craigslist to physically picket the front door of the 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 building where the event was going so every tech journalist every investor every attendee for the thing um was stopped by these people like you know saying stop urbandig.com you know friends not food 
leave the rabbits alone, all the stuff. So when they came in the, the, the gymnasium where we're all begging for attention, we were the first stop for every single person because everyone was like, well, you know, do you know what's going on out there? And we always just played dumb. It's like, yeah, we're don't know how they why they hate us so much but you know while you're here why don't you download the app let's talk about it and uh, like we we won that night easily and we got thousands of downloads from like other things we did it was like a month-long sort of uh like you know process but that was probably the most fun because you know like nobody said i couldn't do anything yeah there's a lot of times where people get nervous or they want to scale it back or go the safe route you can still do cool stuff that's safe so i I don't have any problem with that not everything has to be super edgy um but it's really like designing something that fits the moment and this PETA thing really fit the moment at at that time so i was glad we were able to push the as far as we did the limits of like good taste and things like that what what project were you working on that the bosses said, no, nah, you can't do that song. Oh, like half of them. You know, <laughs> it's like my ideas are always like shoot for like the, the coolest thing imaginable. And, you know, you're dealing with people right or wrong who don't have the same level of risk that that you do and, and things like that. So, like, I can't name anybody. It's not fair. Um, but, you know, for the most part, everyone's like asked me to scale things back to a certain extent. Um, you know, it's just really... You figure out what the that kernel of goodness is that you can't give up, and you fight for that, mm-hmm. and you sort of scale back, um, you know, other things. But like we've done, we've done things. We threw a party on the the front lawn of the state capitol building in California, in Sacramento. We didn't have permission to be there, so um, we were only planning on being there for an hour to sort of do what we wanted to do. Um, the the state police came and asked us to to stop. Um, I was. Uh, put in a holding cell inside of the state capitol building where i like <laughs> i filibustered and talked for 40 minutes just so we could finish the the stunt because they were like they wanted me to explain what we we're doing there all these things and i just kept like rambling for uh, close to an hour so we could finish what we were doing we were serving lunch to people so i knew if we can just get through the lunch hour that's all we cared about and then we would leave you know without any hassles so they came out about the 20 minute mark i talked until the the top of the hour with these guys and their their locked barred office and finally i said you know what you guys are right we're just gonna go this is stupid they let us go like i like We've done such crazy things without permission all the time yeah. that it's like, you know, it's like, it's, it's just, it's fun. Beats, you know, beats doing, you know, whatever the opposite of fun of is. Fun is. <laughs> yes. What, what mm. is it that... What was your favorite stunt that I did? Your, uh, not that I ever experienced it, but <laughs> the one that I thought was cool mm-hmm. um, was... Um, the banana stand. The banana stand. I love the banana stand. Yeah. I mm. thought that was cool. Um, was there a mural that you got people off of Craigslist to paint? Yeah. So we did a – so uh, for for FreshBooks, a company I'm very closely tied to, yeah. um, for FreshBooks, we, uh, we got a booth at the uh, – a lot of the stunts I do are like things we do at trade shows, either inside the building, outside the building. Um, but we had a booth. Where uh, at a um, North America's largest graphic design um, trade show and conference, so uh, FreshBooks is an online accounting service for um, people who bill for time and expertise. Still got the the elevator pitch down cold there, Karim. <laughs> um, so you know, but accounting platform, 
doesn't really speak to graphic designers. We want our presence to speak to graphic designers. So instead of getting a fancy booth presence, I bought um, two 12 foot by 12 foot blank canvases and I had a guy paint a mural in our booth for the three days of the conference. So we had this living, breathing booth that people kept coming back every couple of hours to see how it changed and grown and things like that. And also spoke directly to the attendees of the conference. So mm-hmm. all of a sudden we were credible and relevant and we, we understood, you know, them and, you know, separated us from the competitors that were at the same event. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm curious about this. You went to go work for a company called Zero. Yes. Did FreshBooks was FreshBooks angry at you? Were you angry at FreshBooks? Because it seemed to me that they were the same in the same business. Um, so totally different audiences. Okay. Neither of us were angry with each other. Okay. Um, I, I spoke to Mike, the CEO of FreshBooks, today. There's no like hard feelings or anything like that. It's uh, you know like I. I FreshBooks was was very important to to my career development for even anyone knowing who I am in the world. Um, I would never, you know, any, anyone who's been good to me in my mm-hmm. career, I would never do anything to um, to hurt them in any way. Um, FreshBooks is the greatest accounting platform in the world for people who build time or expertise. So freelancers, creative professionals, zero, uh, you know, they're going after enterprise clients. They're going after, you know, companies in the 50 employee range, companies that use inventory. So okay. similar platform, very different target, very different mission. Um, but like, you know, you, you know, you, you, you get known in an industry and people start calling you up and yeah. asking you to join and stuff like that. Yeah. Got to pay bills. You got to worry about yourself. But uh, at the same time, I hadn't worked for FreshBooks for for many years yeah. and, and things like that. And you know, like I, I can't speak to whether they were upset with me at the time, but <laughs> everything's fine now. You didn't call Mike and say, "Hey, by the way." No, but like I I, I speak to Mike regularly, so cool. uh, so there's no no weirdness. Good. I just want to make sure that we're all friends. Well, I'm, I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad if there was an issue that yes. you brought it up here in a public forum. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> mm. um, w- was there a stunt that didn't go as you planned and maybe you wish you didn't or nothing ever goes as you planned like you know but in you, a bad way um, like none, I know you didn't mean to be arrested but that was kind of fortunate and that was funny. a happy accident yeah um, it's a good story like the yeah. gir- girls love that story it's like I <laughs> you know it's like I, 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 I don't go as far to tell them you know the exact uh, amount of crying I did inside of that jail cell, but you know it's still a good story. Um, nothing's ever blown up in my face. Nothing has ever um, like been a disaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, only because I um, I plan these things for as many different possible disasters as I can dream up, and I try to have a solution for all of them. That's why I never write a stunt plan and let someone else execute it mm-hmm. i'm always on site i'm always i'm always the guy that talks to security i'm always the guy that talks to police i would never ask anyone to put themselves in harm's way um i'm the one that always puts them in harm way harm puts myself in harm's way if it's my dopey idea mm-hmm. i've got to live and die with the, the dopey idea um that being said like there's times where we've changed the idea in mid flight because like a uh, you know, I I could tell you for the TV show, mm-hmm. uh, we did a stunt at the Eden Center, where um, like we ran half naked people through the Eden Center, and I was counting on security like stopping us, 
and security ne- didn't care. Like they just watched these people walk up and down half naked. And like that threw me for a complete loop because in all of my planning, I'm like, okay, this is what's going to happen if we get 30 seconds. This is going to happen if we get 60 seconds. This is what's going to happen if we get 90 seconds. And like, like they didn't care less that these people weren't dressed. And um, <laughs> that completely threw me. So we actually went outside. Like nobody was telling us to leave. We left on our own. We went outside and like had to really think about how we were going to even get security to care. And so that, so we sort of, I don't want to give away the reveal because hopefully people will see it from themselves. You went from half naked to fully naked. People will hopefully see it for themselves. But like there are times like that where you just like, okay, you know, like, there's no way people are going to let us get away with this, and then people let you get away with it. So you have to like actually figure out a different way of making it work because mm. you are counting on like being forcibly removed or creating a scene in that way and stuff like that. So mm. it's just like, you know, it never goes off like the way you think it's going to go off. Is there? Is there like this podcast? You thought it was going to like be smooth sailing? We, yeah, it's it's but, tough. I'm sweating. Yeah. I feel like I feel like I'm Tara you're Reed. You're the only one who's asked me questions and uh, has thrown me for a loop. I feel like Tara Reed and you're um, Jenny McCarthy. Did you did you hear about that the other day? No, tell me. She was uh, so Jenny McCarthy. Yeah. The, she has like a show on Sirius. She was interviewing Tara Reed about Sharknado, like whatever number they're at. Oh, yeah, and yeah. Uh, she asked her like a question about plastic surgery or something. And Tara Reed got so offended that she's like, "I'm only here to talk about Sharknado." Oh. And then she's like, "Well, I just." Like I want to ask you a question, and she says, "Well, this has been really great. I need to go." And then, like as she was walking out the door, the the two women were like, "It was like, can I swear on this?" Yes, you can. She's like, "Good luck with your tits," and there's like, "Good luck with your tits," and they were just fighting with each other. These like <laughs> catty sort of things. So, um, I feel like any minute you're going to ask me like something, How are your tits and, and I'm just going to like storm <laughs> out of here and and be like, you know, "Good luck with Sharknado." So anyways, keep going. We're on a roll. We are, we are. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you decide I feel to go like beard, this is by the, the way? I feel like this is the best episode you've ever done. It is. Okay, good. I'm expecting this like mm-hmm. to to really mess up my my plan with Go with GoDaddy. Like I'm gonna have to actually start spending money now. Okay, well that's you know, my goal. Un- unhosting. Um how'd I decide to grow yeah, a beard? Yeah, you're like every, if people Googled your face, yes. they don't mm. see a beard. Well, but I, now you've got this very uh, distinguished so, Middle Eastern looking beard. Thank you. <laughs> um, I, I fell in love with um, Lafa bread, and that's that's how it came. But no, really, um, this is my depression beard. Um, you know, it's like. You a, had that while you were working with Hubble, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> you can read into that any way you want. Um, but, uh, you know, like I, I've always been kind of sideburns, and. Uh, that's right. To, Decided to, to mix things up a little bit, and it was a traditional beard, and then sort of let it keep growing a little bit. I've actually, I actually trimmed my chin two inches, uh, so I oh. wanted to look good for you. Thank I didn't, you. I didn't know if there would be cameras in here or not. No. I can't tell. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I, I'm thinking of, of cleaning up a little bit, but I need to uh, I need to find a little happiness, uh, Kareem. This, this podcast may be the trigger that makes me go home and shave my beard. I hope not. I, I never know. <laughs> um, is, what we should do, yes. is like I'll I'll 
ch I'll ch shave my chin hair. Yeah. That's like I got like about a two three inch like I think you've got yeah, you can here. tie it like uh, I'll tie anvil. it and both I'll cut it. Yes. We can raffle it off on the show for charity. People we can, can do buy. That. My hair. You buy your hair. Yeah. Your chin hair. Yeah, they can make a merkin out of it. It'll be like a good thing. <laughs> is, there, is there a stunt that you've seen another brand do that you really have been a fan of? Um, so I know when somebody does something really cool, when yeah. I get angry that it wasn't my idea. Okay, so what was that? So um, this is a long time ago. It's my favorite example. There's yeah. plenty of things that have happened more recently. Um, but man alive, there's this guy named Brian Calma, who I am very affectionate towards. He's out of Boston now, uh, but he was working for Zappos at the time and living in Vegas. And I actually think okay. I think he's back with Zappos. We haven't chatted in a while, but I think he's doing some stuff for them. Um, but anyways, Brian like is one of the guys who's responsible for building the Zappos brand and, and doing really amazing things in the early days. And um, I don't know what year it was, maybe 2008, 2009, at South by Southwest. So I'd been going to South by Southwest regularly for FreshBooks. We always would do a stunt there. We'd always get a lot of attention. Whatever year this was, I thought we won South by Southwest. We got the most conversations. People were talking about FreshBooks more than any other brand. We did cool stunts. I don't remember which one we did particularly that year, but we just did tons of cool stuff at South by Southwest. The last day of the festival, it rained, and the whole fucking city was walking around in Amazon in Zappos ponchos. So, like the fact that and, and and like so everybody had this like Zappos rain gear and stuff, and they were these like really shitty plastic ponchos, but it had sure, Zappos sure, sure. brand. But like you couldn't look anywhere without like the Zappos logo. So that like that stunt on its own made me reach out to Brian and become friends. And he told me that like he came up with the idea like four years earlier. They had them all made, and it just never rained. And every year, <laughs> they brought a truck full of these uh, ponchos and parked the truck somewhere on a on a side street, and like did like rain dances and hoping that they would <laughs> rain. Um, but like that that was so brilliant because it was useful. Yeah. Um, showed value, and also you had like, you know, six thousand people walking around with your brand on it, and it wasn't like expensive. Can you ever go back and repeat something? Of course you can. Yeah. There's no new original ideas. Like most of my ideas are like, you know, just a reinterpretation of like, like you know, um, I don't know. Like I did a, a stunt where we bought a full page ad in a newspaper and, you know, dared another company to, uh, to um, you know, partner with us and stuff like that. That idea was Don Draper and Mad Men saying they won't sell tobacco anymore. Like every, every good idea is taken already. So mm -hmm. what you have to do is you have to recognize the ones that you can repeat put a new spin on them, like reboot it like the Ghostbusters with women, <laughs> um, and just change it enough that, you know, it's 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 something a little different and original. But, like, there are no new ideas. Like, most of the ideas, I've got a notebook full of ideas, and I can look at that notebook and say, like, Cannonball Run, Fletch. Like, every movie I've seen has been inspired by some throwaway joke inside the movie. The trick is identifying those things that other people wouldn't necessarily identify mm. and obsessing over the idea until it becomes a thing. But, um, like, no, no ad, no anything is original anymore. Like, every idea has been taken, so embrace that. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, just, you know, pay respect to the idea and make it your own and do something, like, original with it. Nice. 
you're a huge fan of of the Nike brand. Yes. Why? Um. So honestly, the 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 reason I'm a huge fan of them is uh, when I was 16, I I, I was a, a competitively ranked tennis player. Um, I was ranked like 23rd in Ontario for under 16 and stuff like that. So I like I played tennis, lived and breathed tennis, and Nike like sponsored me. Uh, so I get free Nike stuff, and I've been like brand loyal ever since. But at the same time, you know, they took a chance on me, but also like everything they did, I just thought was the coolest thing ever. And I perhaps could have been influenced by by that stuff. But all my favorite athletes wore Nike, all like the things. So it was just like something I've never given up. I'll never wear Adidas. I'll never wear Puma or anything I own. 50, 60 pairs of shoes, and they're all Nike, and I would never, like, um, like I, I love the Raptors. I won't wear a Raptors jersey because Adidas is the, the, <laughs> the sponsor of the jerseys. Nike will be the sponsor in, in 2017, so I'll go buy my first Raptors jersey or something. But you, you, there's a certain, which series of Nikes you have, like, every single one of them? I don't know, or you have most one, of them. but I have a lot of Air Force Ones. Air Force They're the ones, ones I like the most. I'm yeah. wearing Air Jordans now, but I don't wear Air Jordans very often. I've got like, like maybe two pairs of Air Jordans and stuff like that. But the the four pairs of shoes I like, you know, Air Force Ones are like my everyday shoes. I got a c- couple pairs of Air Max 90s, which I really dig. Got a couple Andre Agassi tennis shoes that I really dig, and mm-hmm. a couple pairs of Jordans. But that's about it. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, What's your favorite shoe, Korean? One, ones that fit. Yeah. I, I'm so simple. You seem, yeah, I was going to say, you seem very simple. Yeah. Like, no, nothing gets to you. No, no. I just let things roll. But I, I like, like, I'm wearing pink shoes today. Yes. So. You're I, into the colored socks. What's I, the deal with them? Because I can't grow hair anymore, so I can't do, I can't make a statement with my hair. Yeah. Um, so there's got to be something. Mm-hmm. I don't like wearing ties, mm-hmm. so I'm not going to wear a tie. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a couple of Tom Selleck shirts, mm-hmm. Hawaiian shirts. Mm-hmm. You should grow like the Selleck the mustache. mustache. No. <laughs> You'd look good on I it. I don't know. I, th- I think you I'd get stopped. I would not be able to take my son to the playground anymore. Mm-hmm. But, you know, people mm-hmm. say, get that guy out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, the so- socks. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem with socks all yes. is that my toe is too strong. Mm-hmm. And it pokes through. It pokes through. I've got to throw a bunch of socks out every single month. Mm-hmm. So every month. Every See, month. What are you I'm doing? throwing socks out. I, I wear socks. Holy mackerel! Um, you know there might be like a company in there. You could make reinforced toe socks. I well, there's this company. Uh, <laughs> it might be called Flight or something. I think they're Toronto based. Mm-hmm. They they just launched on Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're making socks out of bamboo. Mm-hmm. Um, Which, if you do the research. Is just boiled down polyester. Bamboo is all branding. It, there really isn't like a a malleable bamboo. So. I have no clue. I know these things, but <laughs> they state and they claim that um, you know they'll have the reinforced toe and, and heel. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if you remember that brand gold gold toe. I think it was called mm-hmm. gold toe. You may find this hard to believe. I don't. I don't live in the world of, of the socks. reinforced toe <laughs> socks. <laughs> So I'm looking for a brand of socks that are mm. colorful, but uh, will not need to be replaced you, I, because this, of the power of my toe. If this is too personal, yeah. please, like we can skip. But do you have like a toe disfigurement, or do you not 
like clip your nails. It might like, be it might be the clipping. Yeah, thing. like you may have like razors on the edge of your toes or something. Like I've got powerful toes. Okay. The heels so, though, my heels will last forever. You should put that in your LinkedIn. Like I powerful should. toes. Will you will you recommend me? Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Okay, then I'll, right. I'll make sure. Right. I'll make sure that I do that. So mm. uh, yeah, so color. I like color. Mm. So we'll we'll, we'll do that. So brands, brands. Know, I'm. I'm it, it could be anything. I couldn't care less. You know what I find interesting? You, you've said that nobody asks you questions yeah. on the show. Do you only invite egomaniacal people who are just like, bask in they my wonderfulness? <laughs> Ask no, me questions. I, more, I care about you, Curry. I appreciate it. I am mm. more interested in telling other people's stories mm-hmm. because I don't have a story. Mm-hmm. You know, my story is other people's stories. And you have to blame yourself for this. Why? Because you're the one mm-hmm. that told me many years ago, um, hey, Kareem, there's this opportunity here at Tech Vibes mm-hmm. that I jumped at, uh, that I got. Um, and then you told me, Kareem, you should do a series mm-hmm. once a week and talk to people and find out. Like, I don't know exactly what you said, but it ended up being this five questions with. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I am responsible for your career. You, you, you are responsible for it. <laughs> God. Uh, and so. I'm like the Native American at the side of the road <laughs> looking at thing. I've got a single tear running down my face. Go on. So basically everything you are today, you owe to me. Is because of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you and told- even with all of that, I still ask you questions and care about what you're going on. See, and all but- these other guests, they're just like, ask me, 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 me. <laughs> I bet you that Greg Tilston didn't ask you anything about yourself. He, he never did. Yes. He never- what do you think of his uh, new app? Uh, I think it's actually pretty cool. Like uh, I, I saw the other day, they just launched uh, yesterday, I yeah. think. Um, it's pretty neat. Like, have you downloaded it? I have not downloaded it yet. I could lie, but I'm a truthful guy. Could Korean. you download it now? Do you get like a nickel for I every might, download? I might, I might get paid. Okay. He, he might, he might throw some cash my way. Okay. Downloading now. <laughs> click, 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 click. Um, now I was wondering if you'd give him the, the advice that guy. Listen, you know all these apps are going to die soon, so you should I'd plan say, for an eighteen month uh, cycle. I, I don't, I don't, you know. What you just said is a perfect example. I'm, I'm all about positivity. I don't like to ruin people's <laughs> lives. I, I give people the, the tools and the guidance to, 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 to grow as a person, to, sure. s- to sprout, to fly like an eagle, Kareem. Why are you winking at me? Oh, come on. <laughs> um, so we, we know that you love Nike. Actually, let me ask you this question. Yes. Um, broadcast media. Yes. TV, radio, you know, versus this, you know, on-demand world that that we're starting to see come up more and more. Whether it's um, HBO or Netflix, mm-hmm. Spotify, mm-hmm. Um, that one product that Jay Z has, I can't remember title. Mm-hmm. Um, is there room for everyone, or do you see? Do you see? TV, radio, going the way that newspapers and magazines seem to be going? Um, so is there room for everybody? Absolutely not. Um, just people aren't going to pay $9 a month subscription to four different things offering the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I'm going to change the question a little bit and, and okay. talk a little bit more about 
you know, people's appetite for this stuff. Um, it like, and I, I'm guilty of it too. I, I binge watch stuff. I like to watch three, four episodes in a sitting of something if I'm really into it and, and sort of move on. And I, I, you know, I've come accustomed to not wanting to, I don't care about commercials. I actually love commercials because I'm a creative person. I like to see what other creatives are doing. You're in the so, minority though. Probably, but commercials don't bother me. I actually watch commercials. Yeah. Or, like, I love good commercials. Sure, sure. Um, but um, the thing that, that bothers me, though, is um, with, like, binging culture. And I, I don't know if we've ever talked about this before. No. Nope. Um, I, I don't want to tell you how to conduct an interview, but look at me when I'm talking I'm to you, man. I'm looking at you. It's distracting <laughs> the back of your head. But um, the, the thing that, I, you know, sort of, you know, concerns me about binge culture is all the fandom of television has been erased because – Nobody talks about the show anymore on, like, social media or anything because they don't know if you've seen it. Mm. So, like, with Game of Thrones on a Sunday night, I don't watch the show, but, you know, like, I, I see all the posts and people are just like, holy shit. And that's the whole comment because <laughs> they don't want to, like, say this person was killed or that person was naked or, or yeah. you know, whatever, whatever. Um, the whole point of, like, being a fan of something is to, like talk to your friends and embrace it like you know we talked about pokemon go at the beginning of this like yeah fandom is really the backbone of this thing the the whole love of movies and tvs like i remember you know when i was younger you'd go to a movie with five or six people and then you'd sit in the lobby for 20 minutes talking about the movie yeah and you don't have that anymore because you know it's just like huh. oh shit you know how's the cards dropped today have you seen it no i won't spoil it for you and and things like that, or people. I watch. Um, I just rewatched the entire series of Twenty Four, like all seven or eight um, seasons. It took me like. And the last one as well that came on Fox. Yeah, I watched that. So awesome, loved yeah. that show. Yeah, so I watched it. You know, it took me months and months to watch it because I yeah. watch. You know, in between other shows, that was kind of like my fill-in show, and I had sort of like burned through my PVR of all my current stuff. I'd watch, you know, Twenty Four for a night or two. Um, it was so amazing how many times I wanted to run to Twitter and be like, you know, this or that or whatever. But like, one, you can't do it anymore. And two, people don't watch seasons in the same time. You mentioned Marin. You know, we're, we're a season behind in Canada. So where do you actually go to have those conversations and talk about shows in that moment? Because like, I guarantee you. There's someone at the same spot as you are uh, and things like that. So, like, I, I really miss the fandom aspect of, of, like, getting invested in a show and, and things like that because of binge television watching and, and stuff like that. But to answer your, your, your previous question, yeah, it's, it's kind of the future, right or wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to like it. You just have to sort of, like, get into to step because it's not going to change. It's been an interesting year. Mm -hmm. um, not just because of the stuff that you've done, mm -hmm. but there's been a lot of deaths yes. in 2016. Wow, that went dark. That went <laughs> I actually was going to say because of all the dead people, thinking <laughs> that that was like a funny, witty like thing. You you went there, so go on, lay the question on me. And and I think our generation, mm -hmm. um, are, are we're, we're losing a lot of, you know, in, in air quotes, heroes. Mm -hmm. Abe Vigoda. Yeah. Finally passed away. Finally? Yeah. Well, there was like. <laughs> Have Abe you been Vigoda. waiting? No, but Abe Vigoda was an internet meme for the last five years. Is Abe Vigoda dead? There was a. Is Abe Vigoda alive? Dot com. And you'd go and it would just say yes or no. So go on. We're losing our heroes. 
uh, your thoughts on, on, on some of these people and what they've meant to you being a person of pop culture. So, um, so I'm going to share something with you, Kareem, I've never shared with anyone okay. before. So up until this moment, whatever minute mark we are in this podcast, up until this moment, people are like, man, I want to sleep with that guy. He's the nicest dude I've ever met. It's all going to change in a minute. Um, okay. I, so I admire, you know, celebrities. I admire public figures, um, you know, except for Prince and uh, well, probably except for Prince like celebrity deaths don't really get to me only because like I've never met the people if I've met them in real life or I have a real connection like I'm not a sociopath of like a family member or someone I love or thing I'm a mess and like I I go crazy but like you know to hear like Joan Rivers passed away you know like I I have wonderful memories of watching Joan Rivers on television Mm -hmm. but I'm not gonna like you know take a day off work or anything like that um Prince kind of like got me a little bit more than usual because weirdly enough I was in Minneapolis the day he passed away I flew out of Minneapolis the day he passed away and um, a friend of mine said do you want to go see Prince like Paisley Park and I like wanted to more than anything because I love Prince um, but I couldn't fit it into my schedule so there's like a weird like eerie chance that I could have been there when TMZ rolled up to take their pictures or something like that, he had already passed away yeah. by the time. But like, like it just would have been weird and and stuff like that. But um, like very rarely does like a celebrity death like people I really like were like idolized like like not this year, but when Tony Gwynn passed away, favorite baseball player, yeah. that really got to me. Things, but like to hear you know like um, you know. Wasn't really a big David Bowie fan. Admired him as a person. Yeah, didn't didn't like shake me the way like a lot of people do. Prince shook me as well. I didn't think yeah. it would. Mm-hmm. I couldn't work the rest of the day. I was yeah. like, this is weird. But it is it is really strange the number of people yeah. who have passed away this year. I don't know what the deal is. Hopefully, it's just it'll average out and no one else will of significance will die for the rest of the year. And it's coming to that point, right? Like yeah. our contemporaries are obviously getting older, and yeah, you know, they're mm. all. Sooner or later, they'll all die. Yeah, I just I hope Matt Damon lives forever. He yes. Yeah. But how many of of those movies can you do though? The Bourne movies I or the Martian movies? The, the Bourne ones. <laughs> okay, cool. You just got <laughs> how many Martian ones has he done? Just one. Yeah. I just didn't know which your <laughs> favorite was. <laughs> you want mm. him to do more? I the man's a national treasure. He can do whatever he wants. He is. Yeah. That is so true. Mm-hmm. Um, you you have any thoughts? I hope you don't die this year. I appreciate it. Like I yeah I, like. I want to at least you, get to 100 episodes. You look tired. You could probably use a nap. I'm, but I hope you've got many, many happy years inside of you. Amen mm-hmm. to that. <laughs> um, do you have any thoughts How on... How many episodes have you done of this show? You are episode 36. 36? Yes. That That's a good luck number. It is now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um. I thought you were a baseball fan. Yes. I wasn't sure, though. I am a baseball fan. Not to the same extent as you. No, I, I don't, don't think change so. my Pebble Watch cover to the Blue Jays logo <laughs> on game day. Um, but I enjoy baseball a great deal. Yeah. Your favorite. So, what's your favorite player, Tony Gwynn? I've had a lot of different favorite players. Yeah. but uh, So, Tony Gwynn was like my favorite, favorite player. But 
huge Joe Carter fan, huge Phil Necro fan, both Toronto Blue Jays, huge David Cohn fan. I like, I, I loved like just huge baseball fan growing up. So like that was kind of my generation. Those ninety two, ninety three Jays, yeah, and like you know the ninety four Expos and all those things. I loved baseball at that time. Um, you know, growing up, used to go to Exhibition Stadium a lot with my dad. Mm-hmm. We'd sit in Section Seven, Row One, which was. The right field just before the home run is where the visiting team uh, bullpen was. And we would just chat with the, all the visiting players the whole game nice. and, and stuff like that. So baseball is like a big deal to me. Yeah. But uh, just today, um, you know, last year was a lot of fun. And yeah. like I watch a lot of games at home. I just don't go down to the park as much as I used to. Uh-huh. Um, my man, um, R.A. Dickey, has been a bit disappointing. I love knuckleball pictures. So Why is char- that? Because uh, it's like they're the they're the oddballs, they're the outliers. So Charlie Huff and Phil Necro and and you know um, uh, what was the Red Sox guy? I can't think of his name right now. Wakefield, mm-hmm. yeah, and Dickey love love knuckleball pictures. I think. But don't uh, they have another one? The Red Sox don't they have another? Knuckleball they have a new guy, but I, I don't know who he yeah, is. Yeah, wait till he gets to his forties and then he'll That's be right. He'll be classic. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks so much for this. We're over. We're just getting started. Is there anything else you want to chat about? I want to talk about you. What do you want to know? I want to. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Yeah. Yeah. You're happy. <laughs> I'm very happy. So, I'm happy that you came. Okay. Yeah. Tell me. So we're in a bar. Yeah. Right now in, in Pacific like a Junction Hotel. Pacific Junction Hotel. King Street East at Sherborne. Yes, and we're in like this, this glass studio. Do you ever like? Do you ever? Go out and do crowd work with the people who are Well, drinking. I wanted to, but then you said I need to look at you. Okay. Oh, so you I were stopped. looking. Okay. I was going to see if I could go outside and do some crowd work. Okay, so go. Let's bring some No, now, now the, 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 the time is gone. You know, it's it's oh. a spontaneity of, of the thing. I hear right? you. So, but uh, mm. thanks so much for coming. Well, I want to know more about you. No, we're over. <laughs> we're over. Come okay, on, what do you, we what barely do you, got started. What do you want to know, so? If you, uh, what would you do to, like, the first thing if you won the lottery? I take the next day off. You take the next day off? Yeah, off work. How many more days would you take on? That's a good question. If money was no object, yeah. what would be like your like one FU purchase? Are you, you like a Lamborghini guy? Would you like roll up the family no. and, and take them yeah, on a vacation? I'm not would you get a divorce? Like what what <laughs> do you what do you what are you thinking? I'm I'm very um I'm very pragmatic. I'm very I don't know. I I used to have favorite cars. I used to go to the car show all the time, mm-hmm. take pictures of Ferraris, and, you know, big Magnum PI fan, mm-hmm. um, you know, take pictures of the Lamborghinis and, and mm-hmm. all the cool cars. But now it's, you know, now mm-hmm. we have uh, a Prius. Mm-hmm. You know, we're trying to save the world now. Oh, you're you know, bragging. So, so now it's <laughs> going to be the Tesla is going to be the next car. Mm. You know, I know it's the cool car that everybody wants, but it would just be because you don't need to fill gas. So you're a big Magnum PI fan. Yeah. Were you like, were you a fan of Rick? Were you a fan of, of Robin Masters? Were I you, was a fan were of... Were you a TC guy? I loved all of them. Mm-hmm. I, I liked obviously Magnum PI because he was the hero. Yeah. Um, he, I could never get away with short shorts. Mm-hmm. Like he, See, I love short shorts. Yeah, you like we, but I've never seen you in short shorts. Well, I, like I don't wear them out, but like <laughs> I, I only wear short shorts. I couldn't at rock home. short shorts. No, I could see you in a pair of dolphin jogging <laughs> shorts. Yeah, <laughs> playing volleyball. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Always a fan of him, of, of mm-hmm. his. Uh, TC, I like. He's, he's that friend 
that mm. will always be there no matter how much you mess up his his helicopter mm -hmm. or, or his car, anything. Mm -hmm. He'll always be there for you. Mm -hmm. um, Rick is that guy, that friend that you go to um, that could do things that you, you can't go to anybody else for. Mm -hmm. He'll know all the right people. Mm -hmm. um, he might be awkward, mm -hmm. um, but he can get something done. So I have two Magnum PI questions for you. Well, one question and a fun fact, and then we can close after oh, the fair fun enough. fact. Let's so do that. Where do you stand on uh, Higgins being Robin Masters? Um, whether he is or not. Well, it was always the, like, is he or isn't he? They uh, never he, knew. He, he wasn't. It was never proven. It was left, like, hanging. No, I see that's... Yeah, no, I don't think so. I don't think he was Robin Masters. Okay. Yeah. Do you know why Magnum P.I. was set in Hawaii? Uh, it, as a storyline? Like, why they chose Hawaii to film the show there? Probably tax reasons. N not even close. If, if it's the storyline, isn't was because he served in the Navy, and this was one of the bases? No, because um, Hawaii Five O, the original one, had uh, just closed down. They canceled the show. And Magnum P.I. was supposed to be set in, like, New Jersey or something. And they moved it to Hawaii because they had all these skilled um, crew people and they had a soundstage that wasn't being used anymore. So they rewrote the show to take place in Hawaii. And when, um, when Magnum P.I. was canceled, that's when they started back with the new, um, like, started planning the new, like, the, 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 from Hawaii five. Hawaii Five O to Magnum PI. I think they rolled into something, then they rolled into Lost, and then they rolled into the new Hawaii Five O. So basically, whenever this studio is available and they've got all these amazing crew people, they just say, "Okay, we're just going to move this show to Hawaii and do it there." And that's why you should listen to this podcast. Yes, awesome. Mm.